0: The kodesh sicha is chay lekidalef, kisisa sicha alef. The sicha begins explaining a Rashi, and we will learn this Rashi together with the explanations of the sicha. The pasuk says, "Vayikach meyadam vayatzar eis bacheret." That Aaron Akoyan took the gold from the hands of the Yidden, and vayatzar eisam bacheret, eisay bacheret. So Rashi explains that this these words can be translated, can be explained in two ways. One is that yatsar means to tie, and bacheret means in a kerchief. And Rashi brings two rayas, two proofs for this explanation. The first is from the book of Yeshaya, where it says, meaning uh, telling us that charitim, just like mitbaches, is a kerchief or a scarf. The second pasik says, vayatzar kikrim. Kesef, Peshnei Charitim, where the Pasuk uses the word Vayatsar in the context of Charitim, telling us that Vayatsar means to tie the kerchiefs, and from this we learn that where it says Vayatsar in our Pasuk, it also means to tie the kerchief, even though it says Bacheret and not Bacharitim. The reason we didn't use the pas the Raya from the Chumash, earlier on, Tzerer Kaspei is because it has two raishes, and here Vayatzar has one reish. This explanation leaves us with a question, because based on this, is referring to Aaron, and what the says right after that, that he actually was turned into a golden calf, is talking about either the of Rav or the or Micah, but not about Aaron. So the same pasuk talking about two different people without explaining it is difficult to understand. This is why Rashi brings another purush, another explanation, that means uh, to draw or to etch, and bacheret means with a tool um, with a tool that you use for etching or for drawing. But even according to this pirush, that Aryan was involved in making and actually drawing the Egel, this would raise another question that later on Ahren seems very surprised. by HaYetze HaEgel azeh that this turned into an Egel, how could he be surprised about it if it says it, that, he, that he was the one to draw it? And therefore, Rashi also brings the first pirush so that each of the pirushim answer the question on the other. This is why Rashi says, because Rashi is telling us that both pirushim are equal. uh, They both have a question. They both uh, uh, have a question that could be answered, but not so smoothly. And therefore, neither is a primary pirush over the other one. Rashi also continues to explain uh, not when he says that it's a tool that etches, he says, or oh, like a pen. Or a pencil, or something that you you write with, because it's not about the tool, the craftsman's tool. It's actually about anything that's used to make an impression on something is called a bacheret, and that's why the pasuk says uksoyvelov bacheret enosh uksoyv as in writing. That it's something that is even writing would be you would you call it a cheret, and actually it says the word enosh, which means a regular person. It doesn't have to be a craftsman. R- the, the Rashi also brings the Targum Unculus, when the Targum Unculus uses the word Bezifa. Bezifa is a tool that is used for both drawing and for writing letters, and this supports Rashi's explanation that bacheret is a tool that's used for both. What's left now is a question, if Aaron was involved in making of the Egil, how is that possible? That Aaron, the holy tzaddik Aaron, should be involved with the Egel. This question could be answered by asking the question on all of the Yidden. How did any of the Yidden who just experienced Matan Torah fall so low to go make a- an idol? And the answer to that question is that the Yidden were not making an idol to replace the Abishter. They were actually making something to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's what they tell to Aaron, we don't know what happened to Moshe. They were looking for someone or something that would replace Moshe Rabbeinu. And they learned this from the Kruvim. In the Beis Hamikdash, there was there were, there were kruvim. Kruvim were the place where the Shechinah rested, and from there Hashem spoke to the Yidden. They saw the kruvim as a memutsah, as an intermediary that connects the Eberster and Yidden. So much so that the Eberster had to make a commandment leisassu iti a prohibition against making kruvim in any other shul besides for the Beis Hamikdash, because kruvim is actually seen as an intermediary. And therefore the Yidin thought that maybe here too we can make an Egel as an intermediary to replace Moshe and connect us to Hashem. Of course, unfortunately, this ended up for several or many of the Yidden as an Ave Zara Mamish, but this was not their initial intention, and this can explain why Aaron also was involved in this. There was no intention to make an Ave Zara. This leads us to a, a question in Halacha. How do we explain, of the Halacha, Aaron's involvement in Ave and the answer to the question is based on a, a rule in Halacha that a person cannot prohibit something that does not belong to him. And since the gold and silver were only brought to Aaron, but were not given to Aaron, it didn't belong to him, and therefore anything they did with it could not make it Navaydazara, because it wasn't his to make it Asr, or to make it Navaydazara, which would make it Asr. The question, though, on this answer is that we find in the Gemara that it says that if the person who owns the thing that is becoming User is agreeable to making it User, then, then even though the thing does not belong to the person who's making it User, it doesn't matter that it does not belong to him because the owner is agreeable to it. And over here, the yidden that served the egel, they were certainly agreeable to this to, to worshiping an egel. So it doesn't matter whether they, whether Aaron owned it or not. What matters is that the yidden were agreeable to letting him make it usher. So this, the sicha answers by bringing in a Rambam that says that just expressing oneself that he or she is agreeable to making it usher is not enough he also has to do an action to show that he is agreeable. There has to be a Maisa in addition to the Das. And by the, by the Yidden, later on in the ad when the Yidden worshipped the Egel, that was a, a, an expression of their opinion, but also an action that showed that they were agreeable to HaVadah But in the, when Aaron is making the Egel, at this point they had not yet worshipped the Aved and therefore all we have is a Giluidas, is an expression of their willingness, but not in Maisa, and therefore even though they were agreeable, Aaron's actions cannot prohibit the gold, and therefore it's not an issue of Aved Another detail to this answer is that even if there had been a Maisa, an action on the part of the owners of the gold, namely the yidden, nevertheless we find in another Rambam that if the person who's making the aisr does not want to make the isr, lay la isra, then even if the owner is agreeable, the object still does not become Asr because the person never wanted it to become Asr. And in this case since ayan Aqarin did not want it to become Asr, he was doing it Khadra Hashem He was doing it for Hashem. Therefore, even though the that agreed to it, it still does not become Asr. Finally we come to Yanishtaltera. The Yanishtaltera explains to us how is it possible according to Chassidus that there should be a desire in the world? And it says to us that the ave Desarder, which is separating oneself from Hashem comes from the fact that there exists in Kedusha different Understandings, different interpretations in Torah, which may seem to someone as a division in the Torah of Hashem. Of course, the Torah of Hashem is the Chachma of Hashem, which is one, which is pure Achtus Abshutta, which is pure oneness, and cannot be divided at all. But to the learner, it might seem like it separates into various different interpretations, and that could lead, through many layers, to have a desire, one separating themselves from Hashem. This is Rashi's. Uh, this could be understood. What Rashi is telling us over here. Yes, the Targum and Bishnei Panim. This could be explained in two ways. Rashi is giving us a hint. How does Avodah zara even become possible when a person looks at a pasuk and says, "I can explain this in two ways"? Of course, there are more than there, there are seventy interpretations, or according to the Arizal, six hundred thousand interpretations to one pasik. But a person has to realize that this is all part of one Torah. As soon as a person sees it as separate things, this becomes um, this becomes the the precursor to seeing division in tetra and ultimately taveda zara this is alluded to in the fact that three Rashi's, one after the other. This one says Panim. The next one says Yeshayimnim, and the third one says Davar Acher. First, it starts seeing two types and two, two interpretations in Torah. Then it becomes Yeshayimnim. Person becomes a Yesh, an arrogant, and independent entity, and then it becomes Davar Acher, someone that is totally separated from Hashem. And where does it start with? From the Rashi before our Rashi, where it says Vayisparku. Nizme Azav, they unloaded Rashi, says, Lashem Prikis Matza. When a person sees Torah Mitzvah as a burden, and he wants to unload himself from this burden, then it, this leads, which is called Prikis Oil, in the words of Chassidus, this leads to Yesh Targim and Mishnepadim, seeing two different interpretations in Torah, which leads to Yesh'oiminim, which leads to Davracher, which leads to Ave Dazara. Of course, when a Yid approaches learning Torah, it has to come through Amunah and through Kabbalah's Oil, and then you see the oneness of Torah. And the oneness of Hashem, and then you are saved from even coming close to Avay Dazara.